Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode five of The Raw and the Cooked. I'm your host, Dara Boxer, and I am so glad you're here. So today is a book episode, and as of today, we are officially halfway through the year, right? July 1st. Um, So I don't know about you, but I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of Goodreads. I've been on there for a couple of years now, and I think it's just a really wonderful and lovely little space to keep track of all of the books that I've read, um, discover new ones, and basically just like pick apart their reviews and see what people thought of, of the books. And also it gives me a little bit of validation. Like when I absolutely hated a book, I'm like, Oh, am I the only one who thought this? And I will usually stumble across like three or four really awesome reviews that feel the same way I do. So, you know, just a little validation. Um, anyway, so the point of talking about Goodreads is because they urge their members to sign up every year for a reading challenge. Um, just, uh, you know, a number of books that you plan on reading for the year. And for whatever reason it, it, really just helps me stay on track and it pushes me towards my goal. Um, and this year I challenged myself to finish 60 books, which is a little bit less than I normally read, but this year I have two children instead of one. Um, so, you know, I want to give myself a little bit of grace when it comes to reading. And so far I seem to be on track. I have finished 31 books to date, which is great. Um, so I thought it would be fun to recap the top 10 so far. Um, and of course, tear into the ones that I could not stand, which actually surprisingly only seven. So, um, and there we're going to go in order of like when I read them this year, not rated on like how much I liked them. So the first book that I read in 2021 was White Ivy by Susie Yang, and I happened to really like it. And I know there are, are, are a lot of mixed reviews on Goodreads about White Ivy, but I felt like it was just such a slow burn and it just like really like, like the intensity just like kept building and building. I just loved it. I, I really felt like I connected with the main character Ivy and we had a lot in common in very like unexpected ways. Um, and it, it, you know, goes a few generations back and yeah, just like really helps you understand this family and where they've come from and why they are the way that they are and how um, someone like Ivy has come to be. And like her, like, it really makes you understand her like intense desperation and like this like white knuckle grasp on like marrying into like a wealthy family. It's just, oh, it's so good. Um, but I can also see like why some people wouldn't like it. Um, but for me, it's, it's going to be my top 10 this year. Number two in my top 10 is This Time Next Year by Sophie Cousins. And I thought this was a really cute, lighthearted read. It was about um, a male and a female who share the same birthday. Um, I think they were both supposed to be born, like whatever year, like when they were born, like the first baby born at midnight was supposed to win like a grand prize and whatever. Um, and so, uh, their mothers like were in labor at the same time. And anyway, one feels like she's been cursed her whole life because she was like beat by like seconds or minutes or whatever it is. Um, anyway, it was just like a really cute, like little rom-com how these two, um, this male and female, like keep like intersecting at different new years in their lives up until like they finally like meet meet. And it's just really cute. So, I mean, I don't know. It wasn't like the best and might get kicked out of my top 10 just depending on what comes along my way. But you know, for now it'll be in here. Um, and then number three was my dark Vanessa by Kate Elizabeth Russell. And this was definitely heavy. Um, it was, uh, you know, I guess 
the best description I'm going to give is like Lolita-ish. Um, and I, I think the reason I'm giving Lolita as an example is because the author just like rammed that reference down our throats in this book. Um, but that's fine. It was, it was just very well done. It, it sort of circled around the theme of like pedophilia mixed with me too, mixed with like abuse and like, like the definition of abuse. And it was, it was really powerful and heavy, but it was very well done. Um, and I felt like the author treaded as lightly as possible without like making it unbearable, if that makes sense. Um, it was very good. And so Vanessa is our main character and we, we meet her at two different points in her life. The time where she met, um, oh my God, I'm completely blanking on the character's name. Um, oh my gosh. Anyway, sorry. The, her teacher that, you know, has, uh, initiated the abuse. Um, so it starts there when she's in high school. I think she's maybe like a freshman in boarding school. I'm, I'm totally blanking on the details. I'm sorry. Um, and then the Vanessa of today, which is I think like 10 or some, some odd years later when she's like an adult and like trying to like wade through the aftermath of this. And, uh, you know, in, in the recent years, like more girls have come through with, with like claiming this teacher's abuse. And so she's trying to like deal with all of the like just, just wading through like the heaviness and the emotions that go into that because she really felt like what she had with her teacher was like special and and, like above what these other women are claiming. So it was just, it was really good and well done. And, um, I, I highly encourage you if you're looking for a read. Um, okay. So number four out of 10 is Transcendent Kingdom by Yaa Ghazi. And this was beautiful. So well done. So this is her second novel. I had read her first one, Homegoing, a couple of years ago, and it was such a powerful book and one that I still think of like to this day. Um, I talk about it a lot actually to, you know, people who, so just a quick backstory on me, multi-generational family dramas are like my jam and they're probably one of my favorites. So this one just like hit the nail on the head, like on all different levels. So I just, I really loved it. And I just thought she was such a powerful author. So when Transcendent Kingdom came out, um, I, I just jumped on it, even though I think it's like a year old now, but anyway, it was so well done. And the two books have like absolutely nothing to do with each other. Um, but it was just perfect. And, um, it centers around, um, abuse or not abuse, I'm sorry, um, addiction and like how it affects us and the brain as a whole and like the chemistry and like what addiction does. And yeah, it was just so good. I really, really loved it. And the writing of course was like perfect and just spot on. The pacing was tremendous. Um, and I think it'll be in my top five for the year. Um, not that I want to like break this down any further, but yeah, so that's where I'm at. Okay. And then number five is the midnight library by Matt Haig. And I was a little hesitant to pick this up just because the first novel I read by Matt Haig was how to stop time. I had read that a couple of years ago and I really did not enjoy it. So I, I was kind of like, Oh, do I give this another chance? I don't know, but the reviews were just glowing. So I, I picked it up and I have no regrets. It was very well done. Uh, it centers around Nora who, um, this is not spoiling it by the way. Uh, she decides that she just wants to kill herself because just life has become unbearable. 
and she um, tries to overdose some pills and then like ends up in this like really crazy hazy dream that uh, she ends up like in this place called the Midnight Library and it's ugh, I love the premise it's so cool so the Midnight Library is just like a library of all of the different books that your life could be like had you made one different decision or like like there are infinite like universes that you're living and like what do each of those look like based on like certain choices that you made or didn't make or whatever I just loved the premise and I thought it was really well executed which is very important because a lot of books have like awesome premises which you know we'll talk about in my bottom list in a few minutes that just totally dropped the ball but that is not the case with this one um so it it was just really pretty and, or maybe pretty isn't the right word, but it makes you like think about your life and how, um, yeah, like you, it, it just, I don't know. It was, it was very well done. So I, I do recommend, um, the midnight library. Um, okay. So number six is moonflower murders by Anthony Horowitz. And I just have to say that I love Anthony Horowitz. I think he is so brilliant and talented and his ability to weave like two murders within one book or not, sorry, not two murders, but like his thing is like a murder within a murder. So there's always like a book in his book, if that makes any sense. And so like, there's, it's like a double murder, but like the depth, oh, it's just so good. Anyway, so he pulled it off again. Um, so Moonflower Murders follows Magpie Murders. If you have not read Magpie Murders, I do suggest starting with that one first, just because it will like give you a deeper understanding of this book. Like, I guess you could read Moonflower Murders by itself, but like, I don't know if I would recommend that. Um, so anyway, just go back. And he also has another one called M is for Murder. Like, he's just so talented. I really like his writing. Um, so I'm not surprised that Moonflower Murders is in my top 10 of 2021. And then we have Hamnet by Maggie O'Farrell. And I discussed this actually in my first episode because um, I had recapped like all of the books I read in May. And, and Hamnet happens to be one of them. Oh my gosh, loved Hamnet. Like, absolutely loved it. The story was pure speculation on Maggie O'Farrell's part, just into like the, the life of Shakespeare and like what really went on between him and his wife and his three children. And oh, so beautiful. Um, so I'm not going to dive too deep into this because you can uh, listen to my first episode, um, which also includes uh, my number eight and nine, because they were all read like in the same month when I recapped um, Americana and also How to Walk Away. And I just loved all three of these books and, uh, for very different reasons, but yeah, they were just so beautiful. Um, I just felt like Americana was just so powerful and moving and like everyone should read that. And then how to walk away was like light hearted, but also just moving and, and just a, a good story. And I really like Catherine center. This is the second novel I've read by her. So yeah, I would recommend that. And then the 10th, book out of my top 10 so far of this year is Malibu Rising by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Um, I just really enjoy her as an author. I feel like she has a very strong grasp on like the human psyche and like what makes us tick and do the things that we do. Um, and I feel like she can like capture that for both like the male and the female perspective and just pull it off with flying colors. And I listened to this as an audiobook, And of course my like shining star, Julia Whalen was the narrator and she was just like wonderful. So 
Yeah. Um, that, inc- that concludes my top 10 for um, 2021 so far, I guess like at the halfway point. Um, so yeah, I'm really um, excited to hear if any overlap and you felt the same way. Um, I know a couple of my friends already uh, have flagged Hamnet as one of their favorites so far. So really pumped about that. And now for the good stuff, we're going to tear into the bottom seven of this year. Okay. So starting with number one, which I think I might hate the most. No, not, not the most. Number two is the one I hate the most. Okay. So we're going to start with the lost girls of Devon by Barbara O'Neill. And I listened to this as an audiobook, and I'm regretting that a little bit because I feel like the narrators really ruined it for me. There were four main female characters in this novel and they were all narrated by like, like they each had their own narrator. And I, like loathed doesn't quite describe how I feel about like each one of them. Like I just felt like they were terrible, like hated them. Um, but also it didn't help that the story was also kind of garbage. Um, it was just like a lot of buildup and a lot of suspense, like not a lot of clues. And then like out of nowhere, the like whole mystery gets solved in like, like three sentences and then it just ends happily ever after. And like, that's it. And it was just, well, Ugh, terrible. I don't know if I would have like hated it as much had I read it, but you know, what can you do? Okay. So number two out of seven is one that I, I hated the most out of all of these. And I'm like shocked and surprised and sad by this. So it's Practical Magic by Alice Hoffman. And the reason I decided to read this, I know Practical Magic came out like 20 something years ago. Um, so I actually read Magic Lessons, which is the prequel. I read that a couple of months ago, um, like at the end of 2020. And I just loved every single word. I couldn't get enough and was so sad when the book ended. But then I was like, oh my God, it's a trilogy. Like I'll just read the next one. Um, wow. I don't understand how it's written by the same person. Like it does not feel like they were written by the same person at all. I hated everything about practical magic. It was so painful to get through. Like I could barely do it. Um, really had to drag my feet with reading it, just like waiting for something good to happen because a lot of people that I've just spoken to or like read the reviews on, like loved the movie practical magic. But what I've come to understand is like the movie and the book are like two completely different beasts and they're just not the same and whatever. So, ugh, I don't know. I guess you win some, you lose some. Okay. So number three out of my bottom seven is the wife upstairs by Rachel Hawkins. And this was supposed to be like a modern day take of Jane Eyre. I just feel like it fell really flat. Um, it was also a really short book, so I guess like no harm, no foul, but I just didn't like it. It was just cheesy and like not, I don't know. Yeah, it, it was just, but at the same time, like it was really hard to put down. So I don't know, right? Like sometimes these things happen. And and yes, I do believe that those two qualities can exist in the same book, like hard to put down yet like terrible. It's kind of like watching a train wreck, I suppose, like a car accident. Anyway, so number four out of seven is There There by Tommy Orange. And I really wanted to like this. And in fact, I believe it won like a Pulitzer Prize or was like nominated for something, whatever prestigious award, you know, certain books get. Um, it centered around maybe like 10 different Native Americans in California. And like they all sort of connected. Um, I think they would have, it would have done 
well as like standalone chapters, maybe that if they just never really connected, but the fact that they were all like loosely tied, I don't know. Like, I guess I can see why it was so popular, but I just felt like it fell kind of flat for me. And I didn't really understand like the point of it other than to like demonstrate like the horribleness in which like us white people have caused native Americans. And uh, I don't know, like I just, no, I just, it, it wasn't for me. I didn't enjoy it. Um, and I guess we'll just leave it at that. Um, but I did learn a little bit more about native American culture, which I did enjoy. So that's going to be my one nice comment about there, there. Okay. Number five is the lost apothecary by Sarah Penner. Um, I don't know what happened here. Like I, I just felt like the premise was so cool. Like a mysterious, like hidden apothecary in like the 1700s in London that dispensed poison to women to like murder their husbands who treated them badly or did wrong by them. Like how cool, right? Um, no, it was just so boring and like nothing happened. It just, ugh. like the entire story just felt like nothing happened and like the characters were not, yeah, it was just, I didn't enjoy it at all. And it was, I think I, maybe I would have liked it a little bit more. Um, I had, I had also listened to this as an audiobook, but it just didn't do it for me. So another example of like strong premise, poor execution, I suppose. I think that's just what I'm going to chalk it up to. Um, and then I, maybe that could be said of the beekeeper of Aleppo by Christy Lefferty, which is my number six for the bottom of 2021 so far. Um, I loved learning about Syrian refugees, hated the execution, hated the story, hated the characters and hated the nothingness that happened, which is like very ironic because we followed these two refugees like from Syria all the way to England. And I still felt like nothing happened. It was just so bizarre, like how just boring it was for such like a non-boring premise, but whatever. Um, and then finally salt to the sea by Ruta Sepetis. Um, that is a world war two novel. And I think it's fair to say that I'm just going to like stop reading world war two novels. They, they used to be one of my top favorite genres, like uh, several years ago, like any world war two novel, I could get my hands on. I did. And like loved it. I felt like, like so many really awesome ones came out within like the last 10 years. And I feel like they've like just like dried up and, um, the last like several I've read, including this one just really angered me, like irrationally angered me, which ugh, I don't know. So we had four main characters in this novel. And I just, as the story went on, like I just grew to hate each one of them, like even more than I already did. And I don't know. Yeah. So I think maybe it's fair to say I'm going to stop reading World War II novels um, for maybe just like a little bit, like just take a little break. And maybe when I come back, I'll have different feelings. Um, I'm actually in the middle of The Rose Code by Kate Quinn, which is another World War II and mixed feelings. Like it's just angering me. I don't, I don't know why, like, I don't know what's happening here. So just interesting things. Um, anyway, so there you have it, my top 10 and my bottom seven for the books that I have read so far in 2021. And yeah, I, overall, I would say that I'm pretty happy with the books I've read. Um, yeah, so we're just going to end it there. 
But before I sign off, I would love to end today's episode with a what I had for dinner last night segment. And last night we paired um, pan roasted chicken with a rosemary mushroom cream sauce that was actually left over from the weekend. So I wanted to finish it last night. Um, and I roasted up some broccoli with olive oil, salt, and pepper, and a teeny bit of garlic and a fresh batch of white rice. And I also paired it with our soup of the week which was carrot ginger because everyone's still feeling a smidge under the weather with allergies and whatnot. So it was just a nice, a little compliment to uh, our dinner. So thank you guys so much for tuning in this week and I'll see you back here next Thursday for a kitchen related episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to the raw and the cooked and I'll see you back here.